You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. It's as if I landed on the planet with the manuscript of the, of the Exorcist under my arm. It wiped out my entire previous history. Comedy? Blatty? Ah. The Exorcist author, William Peter Blatty. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. In the early 1960s, William Peter Blatty was a very successful writer of comedy screenplays. If you've ever seen the movie A Shot in the Dark, which is one of the early Pink Panther movies, that was his work. He also wrote the screenplay for the Danny Kaye comedy The Man from the Diners Club. And that Dick Sean movie of uh, Daddy, What Did You Do in the War? Those were all Blatty's work, and he was very good at it. But of course, his most famous book, and the movie that followed, is not a comedy at all. His 1971 book, The Exorcist, has become a classic, not just in literature, but in film. And for better or worse, it's kind of overshadowed his comedy writing career, as we talked about when I had a few minutes to sit down with this very warm and likable and funny man in 2013. So here now, from 2013, William Peter Blatty. I've written early in my career, mostly comic novels. Like I was just going to say, if I, were, if I didn't know you before and I said exorcist and mm. i said a shot in the dark mm-hmm. <laughs> which of those two evokes more of a of, of a visceral reaction in you a shot in the dark really oh yeah i was born and bred a comedy writer when i wrote the novel the exorcist I, you know i had been thinking of writing it for years but it came at a time when my main living was writing comedy screenplays many of them and all of a sudden, comedy dried up. Audiences were not going to comedies. So I was unemployed. I have nothing to do but go down to the unemployment office in Van Nuys once a week. By the way, one time, three lines down from me, I saw my movie agent in the unemployment <laughs> line, which gave me a clue as to why I wasn't working. <clears throat> but at any rate, I chose that particular time. I said, well, what have I got to lose now? You write this. You write. You do do what you. I had no. I had no confidence that I could write a paragraph, or maybe even a sentence without a smile in it somewhere, and so it sort of paralyzed me. As composed to, I mean, my comic novels, uh, six weeks. That's all it was. Just it just happened. <laughs> As though someone were telling me funny stories and jokes. But with this now, it became almost like mental manual labor. I mean, it was nine months, sometimes 14, 16 hours a day, every day living alone in a cabin, going out just to visit my mother in the convalescent home or go out and get groceries. Uh, I had no... About two-thirds of the way through, I thought, oh... Which isn't bad, not bad, because my main hope was that it would not be embarrassing, mm. that I would get respectful reviews and not derision. But at any rate, I thought, that book being done, I'm going back 
to writing comedy, which I loved. <laughs> but guess what? It wiped out. It's as if the exorcist, it's as if I had landed on the planet with the manuscript of the, of the exorcist under my arm. It wiped out my entire previous history. As, I mean, you, you could go to, a producer would go to a studio, movie studio and say, hey, you know, Bill Blatty would be great to write this comedy. And, and the guy would bet as a comedy? Blatty? <laughs> ah. Whereas it was just the opposite before. Blatty, write something dramatic, not comedic. What are you talking about? What are you going to do? It was all meant to be, Bill. But if that's the downside, is the upside that you are in that rare handful of authors whose book has not just become well-known and famous, but has become a classic, an American icon, the gold standard by which other books and movies are measured. Bill, I had, I am still sort of benumbed and a little bit distance from it all because a part of me Even after 40 simply years? doesn't believe it. No, I mean, I, I live with my original expectation about the novel. Let it, it's nice, it's good, it'll work. And, uh, you know, I'll get nice reviews and, and, and that's it. But it, for, it, for me to be talking about it here with you 40 years later, I mean, stop it in my wildest <laughs> imagination, especially since, you know, I tried uh, this idea on any number of publishers. No interest whatsoever. In fact, my literary agent actually was sitting at the Oak Bar at the plaza. He sort of turned away from me and snorted almost with his, when are you going to sit down and write something good? <laughs> I, I told him what I wanted to do. And it was because I went to a New Year's Eve party in 1969, which I had not done in 10 years because usually at stroke of midnight, some, you know, abominably embarrassing Thing will occur, usually perpetrated by me. So I quit. <laughs> but this writer friend begged and begged, please come, it's just a few people, but you can leave at 10 o'clock, Bill. And I went, and who was there? It was a publisher. He knew my comic work, and he said, what are you doing? And I decided I would risk disgracing myself as a comic novelist <laughs> by telling him my idea about a book about demonic possession. I talked for no longer than two minutes, Bill, because that's all I knew about it. I had no plot, <laughs> none whatever. He reached his hand across to shake mine. He said, I'll publish that. Wow. Then they turned around and they auctioned it off to uh, uh, Harper and Rowe mm -hmm. and the rest, you know. As you probably heard, uh, the book was a lovely reviews, but... Nobody was no traction. <laughs> no, nobody knew what the word exorcism meant. And if there were people who uh, followed my comic novels, they look at why oh, Bill. Come on, <laughs> please, Billy. Well, you know, actually, that occurred to me. You almost single-handedly put the word exorcism in the public lexicon. That's what my high school teacher, Father Birmingham, told me. <laughs> he was so bemused by it all. I mean, certainly, certainly the word, I mean, the, the, you know, the small <clears throat> cluster of Catholic priests were aware of this concept, but there was no yeah. widespread. I was going to ask you in a couple of minutes that I've got <coughs> left, 
I was going to ask you, have you seen the, the Conjuring, this moon movie, which they, no, say, they I, say is the exorcist for today's generation? No, but I want to. That's, that's a movie I have on my list that I want to see. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for it. You know, I want it to be good. William Peter Blatty died in 2017, just five days after his 89th birthday. And you can find easy Amazon links to William Peter Blatty's books at our website, heardeverything.com. And while you're at heardeverything.com, be sure to listen to my interview with a real-life ghostbuster, Lorraine Warren. It was what I felt, the evil I felt, the oppression I felt. That was the area that we had the most trouble with during the final exorcism. And I hope you'll enjoy my conversation with another very well-known writer of comedies, Neil Simon. Felix, everything you do annoys me. I come home and I find little notes on the pillow. We are all out of cornflakes. Then I knew I had to sign it. Felix would sign it in an annoying way. So he'd say, uh, Felix, Mr. Felix, Mr. Unger. And I said, I'll put the initials down, F-U. And I said, oh, my God, that's gold. I just discovered gold. <laughs> and, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find Now I've Heard Everything on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, to mark the 30th anniversary of The Perfect Storm, a terrible weather event that claimed the lives of the entire crew of the fishing vessel, the Andrea Gale, we'll hear my interview with the captain of another sword-fishing boat, a close friend of those aboard the Andrea Gale and a central figure in The Perfect Storm, my 2004 interview with Linda Greenlaw. The question I usually hear is, did you stop fishing after The Perfect Storm? You know, you lost friends in that storm. That was such a terrible thing. And, you know, the answer is no, I didn't stop fishing after The Perfect Storm. Unfortunately, that's part of the business. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.